0: Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer.
1: Continue to roll along on a Monday morning. Glad you're with us here on the Morning Blitz. As always, thoughts and comments are welcome on our text line, the number 785-899-2222. Let's welcome to the program, for the first time in a couple weeks, our good friend from GoPowerCat.com. That's Ryan Gilbert, who joins us. Ryan, good morning. Did you make the trip to Columbia? Good
0: morning, Ross. I was actually holding down the fort here in Manhattan, but yep. uh, the rest of the GPC crew was out there.
1: Yeah, I was I was curious if you'd made the trek out there or not, or if, like you said, had to hold down the fort. Uh, but, man, what, a, what an ending to that game, huh? Who would have thunk it? A 61-yard SEC record field goal to win at the gun. Pretty crazy, huh?
0: Right yeah i mean after the uh the penalty that missouri had uh to push them back five yards to make it from 56 to 61 you're thinking okay this game's going to overtime and maybe even kansas state might have a chance to return this kick and do something crazy remember the auburn game from what 10 years ago with that crazy finish and so that was in the back of my mind um i think the tv broadcast pointed that out as well but um no obviously that was not the case and Then you look at the replay, it was just a matter of inches, but heck of a way to win. That was a heck of a game.
1: In your opinion, what went wrong for Kansas State this Saturday?
0: A lot. (laughs) Really, a lot went wrong for Kansas State. Um, And a lot went wrong for Missouri as well. I I think both teams were not maybe prepared for this game, for lack of a better term. Whether that's coaching, um, maybe it could could be anything, but Missouri – This isn't saying a whole lot, but I think Missouri was the more disciplined team on Saturday against Kansas State, which, like I said, with that last drive, the penalties and stuff, not saying a ton, but, you know, Kansas State had a couple decisions to go for it or not go for it on a fourth down after running it on a third down when they could have maybe gone for it. And um, the interception from Will Howard, you know, even the touchdown, the first touchdown that Kansas State had in this game was basically a a tip drill that Philip Brooks was in the right place at the right time, a pass that easily could have been intercepted. And the weather maybe didn't help Kansas State, but it certainly didn't help Missouri either. And so it was a, it was a weird game um, without saying. But a lot of things went wrong for Kansas State. The secondary was awful, if we're going to be honest for us. Um, too many big plays to Missouri. Quite a few early on, Kansas State did get its footing and sort of eliminate that throughout the game. But then later on in the fourth quarter, of course, Missouri – had a couple more big plays. So clearly the the defensive secondary needs some work. There's no doubt about that. I think coming into the season, Ross, we talked about that being a a position of concern and through the first two games, that's a group that played pretty well for being honest, but on Saturday against Missouri, it was bad. And then the offensive line, that's another group that we had high expectations on. That's a group that's very much struggled uh, through the first three games. And that trend did not, did not, uh, did not change on Saturday. So a lot went wrong for Kansas State. But um, to lose this game by just three is – is uh, it tells you how, how Missouri played as well. Kansas State played a D-plus game. You know, Missouri probably played a C game, and that was enough for the Tigers to get the win. But, boy, Kansas State, you know, Chris Kleiman, heck of a coach. He's done a great job in Manhattan here. But, you know, this loss was frustrating, the loss to Tulane last year. There's a couple extra games. Uh, throughout his time at, in Manhattan where you can say, wow, that was a game that Kansas State should not have lost. I'm not saying it's becoming his Achilles heel or anything like that, but once or twice a year, man, we're seeing this from Kleinman where he's losing a game that he's not supposed to lose.
1: Ryan Gilbert, our com, talking Kansas State's 30-27 to loss to uh, Missouri at the gun on Saturday at Faro Field there in, in Columbia. You talked the, about the offensive line. What do you and the guys at, at Go PowerCat think is wrong there? Because if there was one thing that I think everybody could agree upon was that, boy, that offensive line is everybody's back. They have a ton of experience. They should be the best offensive line, if not one of the best, in all of college football. Why is it not clicked here this year so far? Well,
0: Christian Duffy's injury has certainly hurt Kansas State on the offensive line. He'll be back somewhat soon. We don't really know when, but maybe in a week or two. Um you'd assume that Christian Duffy can be back and hopefully solve these issues that Kansas State is having on the offensive line. Now, obviously, we talked about the the starting five being great. I think there was also optimism for K-State's depth at the offensive line, but that's really where Kansas State's offensive line has struggled. Carver Willis, they've tried to throw throw him in there. It's just not worked out, Ross. And to answer your question, it hasn't worked out because they haven't found the right formula you know Cooper V has been moving from guard to tackle to center all around the offensive line. It seems like everyone's moving positions. They can't get comfortable um, with a certain rotation. They're having guys continue to move around, and they're just not getting their footing. And so the injury to Christian Duffy will cut them some slack, has certainly not helped matters, and it's, it's, it's thrown a wrench in their plans. But after a few games, you would think that they can adjust without him. And even if Carver Willis is the best offensive lineman, you would hope that the other four around him can be great. But the injury really has thrown a wrench in things. Now, most people expected K-State to get past that, but clearly that hasn't happened. There's been some serious issues just with communication, um, things of that nature, that maybe having Duffy in there, those things would not happen. But it's certainly, it's certainly frustrating because four out of your five guys are still there. Shouldn't be this many issues, Ross.
1: Ryan Gilbert from GoPowerCat.com continue to join us here on the Morning Blitz. You know, the running attack, at least against Missouri, had a solid showing 138 yards, almost four yards a carry. Passing the ball, though, it feels like as if Will Howard's still trying to find some type of cohesion with his other wide receivers and, like, some of the newer guys. Like, R.J. Garciano played some last year, but, you know, Keegan Johnson really hasn't found a groove with him yet. We know that Ben Sinod is his favorite target, but... I mean, does, it, does that kind of click with you, too? He's kind of struggling to find some some, uh, some key, especially in the key moments of the game, trying to find the right wide receivers to go to.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, Ben Bennett had a key drop in that fourth quarter. Um, I don't want to say K-State wins the game, but certainly would have helped K-State's chances. Um, it, it was rainy. It was wet. You know, I'm not going to be critical of, of that drop because he had a really good game. But, you know, RJ Garcia, we had some high expectations for him. He hasn't really lived up to those, and the same thing goes for Keegan Johnson, transferred from Iowa, just really hasn't lived up to the expectations yet. I will say that Jaden Jackson, um, the old miss transfer who came in last year and didn't really do much, has really turned it up this year and has been impressive. I think him and Will Howard have a chemistry, so that's been a pleasant surprise as far as the wide receivers go. But yeah, you're right, it's just sort of they're just failing to, to to gain that connection that you need to have. And now Keegan Johnson's been banged up a little bit coming into the season so maybe things are going to take some time on that front but he was expected to be k State's wide receiver one and he has not been that maybe he can be that later in the year but um he's he's a step behind right now and so the pass catchers certainly need to be better a lot of people (laughs) you know a lot of groups need to be better but um you mentioned the running backs you know they've been solid and i do a piece on go power cat with the 10 best players from the game and I had both running backs, Treshawn Ward and D.J. Giddens, on there, and someone commented and said, really? Like They didn't do that much. Like, when you look at their final stat line, they were just kind of eh. But I, if you're being honest, man, the running backs did not do anything to lose K-State this game. Will Howard's decision making, the offensive line, the secondary, all this stuff, you had to include those offensive linemen. Just because they were solid, they did what they were supposed to do, the rest of the team, including those wide receivers, did not
1: defensively was that a, what was your thoughts defensively of this game i mean did, did i i feel like they they kind of lost some steam when duke went down with an injury and you know and, and injuries i think played a huge part in this game too not to kind of sidestep the question there but i mean will howard and stuff kind of getting dinged up how are those injuries looking here you know a few days after they happen
0: yeah good point ross um that kind of slipped my mind with will howard i, I know fits the old uh Granddaddy of K-State journalism, my boss, Fitz said he didn't think Will Howard's going to play next week um, against UCF. Now it's, we'll see what happens. But just he, you know, he was out there. He was in Columbia. Just kind of the vibe that they got talking to the coaches, looking at Howard, looking at, at him limping around. Uh, he, he doesn't look 100% healthy. And so, again, I don't want to say K-State wins this game if, if Will Howard is 100% healthy. But he is not 100% healthy. Avery Johnson came in and got, I think, four or five snaps at the, at the quarterback spot, maybe the wildcat spot. They sent Will Howard out wide, but um, who knows how many snaps he gets if Howard's 100% healthy. Who knows? It could have been the exact same, but um, Howard's injury played into Avery Johnson getting onto the field more. And so, yeah, not having Howard is tough. Being 100% is tough. Um, but Avery Johnson, you know, if Howard does miss the game, Avery Johnson really is, I think, ready for this challenge of playing at the power five level. But on defense, yeah, the injuries there certainly added up. And, you know, we always talk about the depth of, of any team. And Kansas State is, you know, this goes with the offensive line, too. So the lack of depth is showing the true freshmen that are playing um, those. You know, you look at the game against SEMO, a lot of true freshmen played. A lot of true freshmen look good in the first game of the year. Well, I, I think that was just because SEMO's not a good team, and those true freshmen are probably on the same, uh, same page athletically, physically, all that stuff, talent-wise, at this stage of the career as those SEMO guys coming from um, an FCS school. Now you play a team like Missouri, that depth really starts to get exposed with injuries.
1: What does this mean for the UCF game? Because, boy, if, if Will Howard can't go and they might be listen, missing some other key pieces, this is not a team that you can mess around with in UCF. They're going to score some points.
0: Sure. And I think it's also worth noting the, the response that you get from Kansas State coming off of a disappointing loss. You look at last year, the Wildcats lost to Tulane at home, which, looking back at it, Tulane had a pretty good season, so it wasn't that bad of a loss. But at the time, the optics, you know, losing to a non-Power 5 school at home, Um, it was a disappointing one for the Wildcats. And so K-State bounced back with a road win at Oklahoma, which, again, at the end of the season didn't look as good because Oklahoma kind of derailed as that season went on. But at the time, it was a heck of a win. Adrian Martinez had Heisman conversations surrounding his name. And so K-State bounced back after a tough loss like that. And so I don't have many concerns with Chris Kleiman's squad rebounding and regrouping and getting their focus straight in practice this week and going out and having a very good game against UCF because while climate has proven that he can lose some games, he's not supposed to lose. He's usually bounced back in a good way, in a positive way and won those games the following week. So he continues to have his locker room bought in, but as for UCF. Yeah. If you don't have Will Howard, that's tough. I know. Will, I, I know UCF has some quarterback concerns of its own right now. So We'll be monitoring those throughout the week as well. So we could be seeing Ross two backup quarterbacks in this game. But I think Kleiman, despite some of the frustrations that we had on Saturday, has proven enough that that he's going to have his guys locked in against UCF. And I'll actually be out in Las Vegas, so I will not be on the sort of the beat for that game. Of course, I'll be watching it out there. But it should be interesting to see how things unfold. And, you know, this is UCF, you know, coming into the Big 12 expectations. You know, they want to set off things on the right foot. Whereas K-State, if you got some hopes of, of a Big 12 title like you did last year, or I guess a Big 12 championship rather, um, you got to start off 1-0 in the conference, and that's kind of the joy of losing a game to Missouri. It's uh, you know sure it sucks. It's a rivalry, but it does not necessarily count against the conference standings, which um, you know K-State this doesn't get in the way of any sort of uh, conference championship aspirations.
1: Okay, I've got about a minute left here, real quickly. I know that Jerome Tang added a big man this weekend to fill his and complete his roster your thoughts on that addition and what the roster looks like going into what is you know their camp time
0: only gonna give me one minute for basketball man come on oh uh, <laughs> just we, just we can talk more we things. can
1: talk more basketball <laughs> in the coming weeks don't you worry but this is what we there, got for there
0: now there we go <laughs> um, I, I to be honest Ross I don't know if it's that much of an impact you've got your roster set in stone today's date is September 18th if you're getting anybody this late in the portal process, I'm not going to look too much into it. Sure, it's a solid big man addition, but um, he just kind of popped up in the portal after decommitting from Providence. But um, Will McNair, I don't have much. I think he'll be fine. He'll be a solid maybe backup role player, but I wouldn't expect him to change the season. I think K-State's trajectory has been set in stone here for the last couple months.
1: We'll get more in basketball with Ryan as, the, as we get closer to basketball season. But we've just we've just started football, so there's no reason to start basketball already. So that's fair. I got you, <laughs> Ryan Gilbert of GoPowerCat.com. Ryan, as always, thank you, my friend. Enjoy Vegas this next weekend.
0: Yeah, I will, man. Thank you very much.
1: Once again, good stuff there from Ryan Gilbert of GoPowerCat.com. Take our final break. Come back. Wrap it up here on a Monday morning in the morning blitz.